This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, everyone. I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. (laughs) Can I say hello? You just like said that in the most like I I couldn't stop observing you. Brenda just Hi everyone. Stared at me. I thought you're gonna say hello to the you audience. Normally continue to say to a roaring twenties podcast. I didn't so want I to was, say that today. Okay, that's fine. But I didn't know if I should. I just I got yeah, stage I mean, fright. <laughs> no, it literally looked like you were doing like, headlights. Uh, she just stared at me. I just didn't know if I should say how to something. Speak. But hello everyone. Wow. So excited to be here. I temporarily forgot how to speak. Got stage fright. All the things. <laughs> And now I'm back. We're not on stage. <laughs> that feels like it a little, kind of. The lights. The way you the should have seen her. She was a deer in headlights. <laughs> it reminds me of when me and our friend Farrah, we used to like get on the stage in high school and just like, do you know what I'm talking Post. about? We just used to like be like, oh, the way the lights hit us <laughs> dramatically in a funny way, by the way. You wouldn't. It's okay. <laughs> not anyway. for serious. So why don't we start off with our pride and pickle of the week? Okay. We love, we love. Um, Wait, it's time for the announcement. You didn't do it in the last episode. It's fine. I'm going to do this. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's time for pride and pickle. Every time you do that, I think we should record it. I think of people who should do that every time I do it. It's because I think about it every time. We would like your feedback. Do you? We should do an Instagram, one of those Instagram. Mm, should um, Julia continue to be polls. the announcer? Yes. Do you like? I kind of have Julia's like, pride and pickle announcement, or should we get an, someone? You know what I was else thinking? to do it. I like. I was. I was thinking about how it would go. Like now, it's time for pride and pickle, but not like that. Not in like a country accent. But here, <laughs> no, like, I we like would my explain way. it like pride, something you're proud of, something, and then pickle. You know, when you're in a pickle, like I have this like pre-recording thing in my head. You hate it? I hate it. Oh. I like my idea better. <laughs> she just wants to be the star of the show. I just, thought, I just think my announcement's pretty good. All right, that's we fine. We need your feedback, everybody. Feedback, Let please. us know. Do, we'll do, do, you like, do you like my Pride and Pickle announcement, or do you want <laughs> a pre-recorded one like Brenda suggested? Let us know your honest answer. Okay. We're going to do a poll um, Are you going to be offended if people don't like your answer? Your- no, I want the truth. Okay, I want the truth. truth. (laughs) All right, we'll take the truth. I like my announcement, but it's fine if others don't. No, no, I appreciate your announcement. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> this is my pickle. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but we will we'll put a poll up this week. Yeah, uh, we, we want some honest feedback. Just, just curious. Okay, so my pride for this week is that I kind of feel in my nine to five, nope, nine to six job that I just <laughs> nine nine to six. <laughs> um, I kind of feel as though I am not like giving one hundred percent or not like being seen as doing 100 percent um 
and it kind of bothers me because I give 100% into every other area in my life. So I really started, I'm like, I really don't like this feeling. So how can I change that feeling? And I just took some time this week to kind of make a plan of how I could be better at this job or at least feel like I'm giving more so that if someone were to ask me do you feel like you're giving this your all that I could Mm -hmm. say yes and again that's not to say that you have to give 500% to everything that you do but for some reason I was just feeling a little a little weird about it so I'm proud of myself for making an effort to change that so I could feel a little bit more fulfilled and bring a little bit more value in that aspect so that would be my pride I feel like I sorry to interrupt no your pride and pickle but I feel like I I think we've talked about it on the podcast before but I heard a story of like you know it's like going back to like giving 100% to everything that you do Mm -hmm. because it'll only like perpetuate you to do 100% everything else and there's like this story I forget where I heard it or who told me but about this like guy that was working at Starbucks like until he could get his you know real job that he wanted not that Starbucks is not a real job but he he had other he had other things that he wanted Mm -hmm. to do but he was working at Starbucks in the meantime and he would like line up all the Starbucks when he would like put the orders out he would make sure that the part that you sip the lid from was lined up with the picture and that everything was like lined up perfectly and looked really beautiful and presentable and someone asked him why he did it and he was like because if I don't give 100% here how am I going to hold myself accountable to giving 100% anywhere else mm. and I just love yeah. that and it's like yes that's really hard to always give your 100% yeah. but it is perpetuating good habits and trust in yourself of if I give my 100% you know to the little things that I can trust myself to give 100% to the bigger things. Wow. No, I love that. And I think that also on the flip side of that, I really love that. I'm going to remember that. Um, But on the flip side of that also, I think to be okay with like that, I think it's all about how it makes us feel. So if we are like, okay, for example, for me, I'm like, I really am not feeling good about this. I don't feel like I'm giving it my all. I really want to be seen differently, Mm -hmm. taken a bit more seriously in this aspect um, because it affects my day to day and I want to change that, okay, awesome. Do it. Go for it. But if it's one of those things, and of course, I encourage you to put your best foot forward in every place that you can, but we understand that there are some places where you're like, shoot, I'm giving my all to this, 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 and this, and I kind of have to dial it back a little bit here too. Um, And honestly, I'm not going to lie, for a little while in this job, it felt like that. Mm -hmm. It felt like that was the place I could dial back my energy Mm -hmm. and that's you know what worked for me at the time but now that I feel like I have a different energy myself I'm like okay I finally feel like I can give a little bit more and how can I do that how can I be taken a little bit more seriously so I I think being in tune with like how you feel about it is is so important I think it's also a really great example of that you your nine to five or whatever your day job is doesn't have to be your passion Mm -hmm. but you can still find joy in it and do it in a way that makes you feel fulfilled fulfilled even Mm -hmm. if it's not something that is a fulfilling you know idea or something that really fuels you creatively or passionately but still finding joy in the little things of doing that job so that you know you can pay your rent and your bills yeah and and spend the other time doing you know what your whatever your passion is because there is that whole sense now that like your job has to be your passion and for some people that's great it is for me but for some people that's not it and Mm -hmm. that's okay too it's okay to have a job that pays the bills and you can do your passions and your hobbies and whatever fills you in those other ways on the side yeah and I think also even if it's not like 100% your favorite thing I think finding small ways to just make your environment a little bit better so exactly 
it is exactly right in, in what you're saying because you spend more time at your day job potentially than you spend on your passion project. Maybe, I don't know, but you spend, you know, approximately five days a week and 40 to 45 hours a week at your day job. So that's that's a long time to be in that environment. So even if you're not like, oh, this isn't fulfilling, this isn't impacting the world or whatever it is that fills you up, if you feel as though your energy to an extent is protected in that environment, you don't want to be in a place that totally brings you down. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, I love pens. Right, just but- <laughs> black and white like that. Yeah, but as long as you are, are able to protect your energy in some way, whether it's through, even if the tasks that you do day to day aren't super fulfilling, maybe you have a great relationship with a coworker, right. or, you know, whatever it is. Those so. little things that bring joy during the day, even if it's just like, you know, I'm doing this to pay the bills or whatever. And I also want to point out that even if you are even if your passion is your job, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Because I think there's oh, this yeah. false sense of like, if you do what you love, you'll never work in a day in mm-hmm. your life. No, work is work. You're still working even if you love it. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows. So you're the type of person that has a job that is really just to pay the rent or the bills or whatever. And you are down on yourself about that because you wish that you could do something that was your passion for your money it's not it's not as glamorous as people make it out to be yeah like I'm sure although you love your job so much I'm sure there are some emails you don't particularly like you're not like oh my god I can't wait no, to there's email. a lot of the day-to-days of my job that I dislike mm-hmm. there's so much of the real work of it that is not fun that is yeah. just a job you know there's just the parts that I have to do to get to do the part that I love to do but it's still again it's still work it's not all glamorous and fun and like feels like you're not working all the time yeah definitely not no for sure and and I think that everyone's path is different like some people have that different nine to five and and have their passion project on the side and some people just like you said are are doing their passion but but everything comes with its own challenges and I think it's important to acknowledge that because a lot of times I think we have a very skewed perception on how how those things go yeah I'm just still laughing that you didn't say hello to the audience Oh my god, I really, I did feel very strange. Like something just happened to me in that moment. I thought you were going to say Roaring Twenties podcast. I was giving you the space to do that. Thank you, I appreciate you. Of course, but hello audience. (laughs) What's your pickle? Okay, my pickle, okay, so my pickle for the week is I find that now that I feel like I've learned a lot and I feel like I've learned more than I have in a a long time about self-care and all these things that we talk about so often, I have this strong desire to help other people and I find myself getting frustrated when people don't want to do the work. And it's not Mm. like a judgment. It's just like a, hello, there is so much beauty on this side Mm. of things. And I'm like, please, 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 like trust in me, believe in me. And I have trouble with the idea that like everybody has their own time in which they decide to pursue that. But I think now that I have so much awareness and I'm like, whoa, there is so much beauty on this side of things. There is so much power in living intentionally instead of just passively going out throughout your life and just accepting the way things are. So... Ugh, I struggle with that so much because obviously for people that you love or for people that you don't even know, you just want the best in people because the, the best for people because the better that they feel, the more in tune they are, the better world we have because mm-hmm. we're all being so intentional and we're all being so understanding of other people and ultimately that's what makes the world go round mm-hmm. so yeah I really struggle with that honestly yeah just kind of wanting to fix and understanding wh- when to take a step back when to give my input and when I just need to listen and hold space for someone and totally. know that that I, I can't be pushy because I remember there was a time and a place when I I didn't believe my I remember my friend Sammy would say to me like hey like do you think maybe what if like what if what if you go to therapy and I'm like what 
Like, I, I believe in therapy. I believe in the power of therapy, but I don't think it's for me. Like, everything's fine. And I remember she was so cautious with the way that she presented it to me. And even you with your dad, right? Like, everyone was so cautious with the way they presented it to me because although therapy we all say is a beautiful thing, and it is in any aspect, when it comes to us, we're like, huh, what? Mm-hmm. Me? I need that? So, yeah, I, I'm so thankful for her, for her to have said that to me because eventually, in one way or another, I listened. But I remember there was a time when I, I wasn't ready to accept that. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you? I feel that. My pride for the week is that I took a pole dancing class last no, night. No, you didn't. Yeah. That's what you were doing? Yeah, for my friend's birthday. I it was so fun. Where was it? In the so, city? Yeah, I was in Brooklyn. It was oh. so freaking fun and so freaking hard. Like, props to those amazing pole dancer girls because like, and, and men, and they's, whoever, whoever is everyone. a pole dancer, everyone. It's so hard. Like, the amount of strength that you have to have Mm -hmm. to, like, hold yourself up Mm -hmm. is insane. But it was so fun. And it's a pride because I just love finding ways to, like, move and, like, forms of, you know, movement and exercise that are fun and enjoyable and make me happy. And it was so fun. And I would definitely do it again. I would love to go with you. It was. We should absolutely do one. It was literally so much fun. And, like... Your and the the instructor was incredible. She really was breaking it down and really teaching us moves. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just like oh swing around the pole while you listen to some music. <laughs> like that's not what it was at all. Like she literally, she was like teaching us all these moves and it's so technical and the way you have to hold yourself up. Like you have to have a lot of arm strength. Oh gosh, it's amazing. It I was think we would so have so fun. much fun if we did that it's with the girls. So fun. We absolutely they actually do have it. some on the island. I've looked it up. Before. Oh yeah, we have to do it. I've sent it to Ashley and she's been like, what? We have to do it. About? Yeah, I was at this place called Yoga Pole in Brooklyn. Shout out to them. It was, wow. they do a lot of types of classes. I'm, I would definitely go back there. It was cool. so fun. I just love finding finding ways to move your body that, that are different and fun and unique. And I love that my friend like chose that for her birthday thing. Because it's yeah. like, I feel like we always just like go to dinner, like go for drinks, blah, blah, blah. But it was, let's all get together and like move and like do something. How unique. Do something like an experience. It was so fun. Oh, I love that. It was so fun. I would absolutely do it again. But really hard and I'm feeling bruised. Really? Um, my knees, my my, my side, my lats, like whatever. Wow. Feeling bruised. It was wow, so would, fun. That sounds so challenging and I am so down for a challenge. Also, anyone listening to this who knows me personally is like, you, you <laughs> would want to do that? No. But I have my perspective like perception of everything and movement and whatever has opened up so much mm-hmm. like i'm willing to try anything i'm like julia let's just dance like let's just oh i love dance. to dance no i so, love to dance yeah yeah I no i feel like that. any way that you can move your body is mm-hmm. great like was i burning a lot of calories in the pole dancing class no but it's not about that like it's mm-hmm. about just moving your body and being active mm-hmm. and you know and my arms hurt i'm sore yeah, and you're probably like, using a lot of muscles that you don't oh activate yeah in the way oh, yeah. that you normally would and it was just fun and, and i think that's what when it comes to exercise for me like that's what i look for is just to move get, get out of like sitting and mm-hmm. you know feel 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 connected with my body yeah no for sure and i i really believe that at the movement in general when if you don't like it and that's not to say there there are some people who are like okay sometimes there are things in this world we have to do that we don't like for our health for example go yeah. to the doctor i don't love going to the doctor who does um but i know we have to do that often for our health i don't love you know certain things but we have to so i get that there are some things that maybe aren't five like super super enjoyable but finding especially with movement now there are so many different things so many options and and moving your body is so good yeah. and with the right intention so you are so much more likely to move your body and do things 
in that realm mm-hmm. if you enjoy it. So oh, if you're yeah. able to find something, like if you dread running, girl, don't do it. Oh, like yeah. unless it's, I, I can't run. Yeah, like I unless it's it. like a challenge that you're like, you know what, I really want to set this goal for myself right. to run X, Y, and Z, and that this would matter a lot to me. But if you feel like you have to be a runner just because someone else is doing it, oh, don't yeah. do it. Oh, and <laughs> I felt that way for a while. Yeah. I like beat myself up for not being mm-hmm. like a runner or really loving the gym or the mm-hmm. elliptical or like whatever it was. But like I have a lot of other things I love. Like I love my dance class I love yoga I love mm-hmm. you know like and it's about finding what you like and what makes you feel good because at the end of the day exercise is to make us healthy and to make us feel good yeah and that's actually a really interesting point because I think a lot of people struggle with that mm-hmm. a lot of people especially now that the wellness culture is so big mm-hmm. really struggle with wanting to be a gym goer quote-unquote oh yeah and like not feeling like they do and judging ourselves for not having the motivation all the time but let me just be real here like you won't always have the natural motivation to do something sometimes you just have to do it and then the motivation comes after through your consistency Mm -hmm. um but I think there's a lot of pressure to be like a gym rat whatever you want to call it there is and I know for example like I used to literally not be able to run anything and right now since I haven't in a long time I probably can't much either but I remember some of my friends would be like, how do you do that? And I'm like, no, no, no. This is just like a different level of challenge that I'm doing for myself. Mm-hmm. But I would be so intentional about saying, if this is not your ideal form of exercise, don't put yourself through it. Exactly. You know? What's good for one person is not good for yeah. everybody and else. And it's funny you that, do your own thing. that you feel that about running where I feel that about yoga. I'm mm. like, I, we, we're just different. Like right. I prefer... And and in different seasons, there were seasons where I preferred to be like leaving dripping out of the gym and and I didn't feel like yoga did much for me, but I felt guilt for not being in this like zen space, you know, or not being flexible enough. So And it's true, it can change. For Mm -hmm. one season you might be really into like lifting weights and one Mm -hmm. season you might really just be into stretching. It's all good. Whatever whatever as long I just feel like as long as you're moving, you know. Mm even if that's just a walk I mean that's what I usually do is yeah. usually just a walk and, and like, walks are super undermined too yeah like it's just just move in just so we don't get blood clots in the legs you know yeah you know. you're always sitting so much <laughs> totally and there's a lot of even for myself I'm like oh well walking isn't a workout but honestly we loved our walks when we, we went on I walks. love a walk I, I love it I really love I it I love a walk so whatever works for you yeah that's what you'll be able to do more long term pickle 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 time what's my pickle Pickle time. Oh, I kind of like that. Pickle time. Oh, you loved it now. Okay. If I like my version better, but that's fine. <laughs> that's a second option. Pickle time. Cute. <laughs> my pickle is, is that I allow myself to get angry over other people's behavior. Mm. And that doesn't serve me. I just, for example, I do this a lot. But for example, today, there was someone being a really rude driver. And like, it made me physically angry. And like, no, I don't know that person. I can't control that person. Yeah, should they not be doing that? Yeah, we should all be a little nicer to each other and a little kinder to each other. But it's not, it doesn't serve me to get upset over somebody else's actions. And it goes back to just, we can't control the things that are around us. All we can control is how we, how we react to it. And it doesn't, that reaction, feeling angry, producing those angry hormones, it's not good for me it doesn't help me I it doesn't change anything it doesn't my me being angry doesn't change their driving so my pickle is that I've been doing that and I really would like to let go of that because my energy can be used better somewhere else love that yeah love that love that it's so easy to do yeah in any aspect whether it's getting like wrapped up in a friend's exactly totally you know whatever it is because at the end of the day we can only control ourselves we can't Mm -hmm. control anybody else or anything around us so yeah being more intentional about that I guess 
Definitely. So today we're going to talk about living arrangements in this in your 20s on friday we have an incredible guest coming on the episode lois lieberman she's a matrimonial and family lawyer and she she is just like the most badass boss lady (laughs) ever brilliant she's gonna talk to us about career and about um she handles the the divorce and cases of a lot of like super celebrities and high profile clients like I know some of the names of some of the people that she's handled and it's pretty amazing like (laughs) if you could think of the biggest celebrities in the world she's probably handled their prenups divorce whatever she's she's incredible but she talked on when we interviewed her she talked to us a bit about cohabitation agreements because we were talking about things that were particular to 20 year olds most 20 year olds aren't getting divorced yet so we ended up talking about a lot of about cohabitation and that was something that I really knew nothing about so I think it'd be really interesting to talk about living arrangements in your 20s and we can get into a little bit about cohabitation but I think there's like so many more layers to all of that yeah yeah definitely and I think part of it especially in your 20s that starts off with living arrangements as you go from mostly right from our experience living with your family Mm -hmm. and then going to college for again in our experience not everyone's experience but I think it's interesting to talk about roommates in any degree right in college you are introduced to either people you don't really know and handpick or like totally strangers that you end up living in a in a small room with and I think that in itself comes along with some Lots of strengths with having people available at your disposal all the time, but also some difficulties with having to work around someone's shower schedule, someone has to get up early for class, like whatever it is. So I think that roommates provide such a, I don't know, an interesting layer of like you at home might have your own room and then you end up going and sharing a space with a bunch mm-hmm. of people you don't really know. So that's definitely interesting. I think you can cultivate some very strong relationships in that aspect and yeah. I mean sharing a space with anybody is hard whether yeah. it's a roommate or a partner like mm-hmm. there takes so much adjusting because people live so differently yeah and even if you live similarly to someone still being in close proximity with someone so often mm-hmm. can come with a lot of challenges even if you freaking love that person yeah for sure and I think we actually talked about it in our first episode when we briefly mentioned that you and I lived together yeah. for a little while <laughs> when you were displaced um right me and Berta are very similar but we weren't great because I made her late every day no stop that's <laughs> not what I'm saying I'm saying though that you that you really and I wanted to snuggle in her bed and she <laughs> wanted her bed to herself that is not what it was <laughs> you were just like a little koala but it I just feel like even in that aspect like we were and have always been so close and still are but I, I still continued to learn about you through living with you just like little things like like how often let's say how much earlier you wanted to wake up than I did or the length of time like we laugh about it but in all seriousness like how much (laughs) longer you take to put makeup on than I do Mm -hmm. um like little things that you have to keep in mind like if both of us have to arrive at a place at a certain time that it might take me this amount of time but it might take you this amount of time and this is a thing that me and Christopher fight about the most (laughs) like we don't really fight that much but if when when we fight I would say like eight times out of ten and it's because that we're supposed to be somewhere and I take way longer to get ready than he wants me to take. And it, we just, I don't know how to heal it because <laughs> we have to go together. Yeah. Because it would be silly not to. But I truly take a really long time to get ready and he takes five minutes and he doesn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I think it depends. Like everyone <laughs> is different depending on how much you have to do. Like I, I will admit like one of the things I do want to work on is my punctuality because I also, maybe you're still punctual and take a long oh, time, yeah. but like I'm never late, but I'm he late. just doesn't <laughs> like, he just doesn't like how long it, it physically takes, yeah, takes yeah. me to get ready. Cause I just don't think he understands it. Like he's seen me do my routine like yeah. so many times, but he doesn't under, he can't conceptualize how it takes me so long to do what I do. And yeah, I'll admit, I'm slow. I love a slow get ready. I love a podcast on, Mm -hmm. maybe some music. I take my time. I love a slow get ready. Yeah. But he cannot conceptualize it. So we just always fight about it. And we're never usually late, but we're usually late to leave the house. Mm. Because I I usually, usually leave and I say we're going to leave at a certain time because I know that it's going to give us plenty of time to get there. I always do that. I like to like leave a lot yeah, of time to get more. somewhere. So, but if I tell him we're going to leave at 545 and we don't leave until six, even though we'll still be on time to get where we're going, he hates that we left after right. the time that I had said we were going to leave. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. You know? Yeah. Whereas on my end, I'm like, okay, let me try and get my hair done. It's also, honestly, I don't do my hair anymore, like on a day-to-day basis. Oh, so yeah. I like forget how long it takes when I actually want to get me ready. too. Like I never uh, wear makeup. I never do my hair unless I have like yeah. unless I have a shoot or I'm going out mm-hmm. I never do anything so I like honestly forget how me long too. it takes me and also the drying not just the styling crazy stuff <laughs> really important but um anyway, anyway yeah. roommates <laughs> yeah roommates back to roommates but yeah I think it can be it can be really exciting because you get to connect with people more often and it's so fun to like have people to come home to maybe different than what you were used to and share things with but also just getting ready for other people's schedules for example silly things like once we lived in a house in college doing the dishes and stuff is like always a big deal like oh who left their spoon and oh, we the fight about the sink. dishes too that's yeah. the other one like really uh, hilarious things or i don't know i remember <laughs> i remember when chelsea and i shared a so chelsea is one of my home best friends and we also went to college together and i remember when we shared a room junior year she like we get along like no other we really really have such a great dynamic and the things that would just make her so mad is she would always say somehow my socks would end up on her side of the room <laughs> and it would just drive her crazy and she's like the one thing I have to say about this Isn't girl. Isn't it interesting how socks. like such a little thing though can mm-hmm. feel so big. So invasive When almost. you're living together. Well, your, your sock is on my side of the room and it right. sounds so silly to say it out does, loud. But it's true and we've all had an experience yeah. like that. And, and, and she wasn't like a mean about it but it was just funny because I'm like no that is kind of like her side was so beautiful beautifully decorated so neat all the time and then they're like my lone socks like mismatching you do that still though like your socks are what happens with you and your socks see i don't know my family and i like to really try and figure it out look look there's a sock on the pillow over there there's a sock on the couch i don't what is going on i'm not sure i I have like really, really random mismatching socks. Oh, that's also part of it. Chelsea has a pet peeve of mismatching socks. So my socks end up everywhere. We don't know. Like I would love to know actually if you guys could let me give me some insight on if your dryers eat your socks because I really believe mine do. I have like minion socks and there's one minion and then the other one is like the secret life of pets. Where do they go? I would love to know. My poor boyfriend. I'm like, these are his socks because I just, all of mine are mismatching. So yeah, that is, that's part partially a problem and we decided we probably need to just get rid of our socks and get new ones <laughs> but yeah but it's the, the point is is that like when you live with someone things because you're seeing someone's habits so up close mm-hmm. and habits that you wouldn't really see unless you're like in that proximity with someone things can feel you know like a bigger deal or 
it's just it's just another layer of of living with someone but I think what's I think a topic that I feel like a lot of people are talking about nowadays is at least our friends are like the stigma around moving back home with your parents like post-college and I think there is like some stigma around it I think it's getting less because unfortunately our generation you know we there is there is the generational thing of like we can't afford a lot of stuff yeah and because just things just cost a lot now rent costs a lot of money especially we live in New York everything here is extremely expensive Mm -hmm. rent is expensive food is expensive like it's so expensive so a lot of our friends you know I mean I would say half and half half Mm -hmm. are you know in apartments with either friends or with significant others and half are living at home friend is living at home I live with my boyfriend in an apartment but they're there is sometimes still the stigma of or even the stigma we put on ourselves of like oh I I moved back home yeah for sure I think it's it's a huge thing is that you have these expectations after college that life will be different than what life will probably be like and I think also maybe our parents in another generation moved out if they went to college kind of around this age but it was it was a little bit different then too Mm -hmm. so now the cost of education is so much higher Mm -hmm. um and it, it brings about some barriers and the thing is too like I knew after college I didn't like I, I love Chris. I would love to live with him. But I also like I had no I didn't even have an expectation to live with him right after college because I knew that my best bet was to live at home with my family mm-hmm. where I love them. We get along. I also have a very, very private space in my home if I need it. Not that I do, but it just made sense for me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Ashley always tells me we, we need to move in together. I'm like, are you paying? Is it on you? Because <laughs> <laughs> like that is a lot. And and it is. Yeah. And I especially when you're paying off student loans yeah. and when you are first starting out in your career you're probably not making a lot of money right off the bat you know mm-hmm. you kind of need to build up and get raises and pay pay off credit card debt student loans whatever it is for sure you know it, it takes time to perpetuate the amount of money that it really takes to be totally self self-sufficient I mean yeah. you know I know uh, like a lot of people do it and you can do it but especially if you have things that need to be paid off and your priority is kind of getting rid of those things first it's a real benefit to you know get to I mean you have the privilege that your parents are allowed that your parents live in a place where you want to live and that they're allowing you to live home and that they have the space for you of course not everybody has that privilege Mm -hmm. but because you do it really is in your benefit to save up on rent and pay off the things that you need to pay off yeah for sure and I think that what could be tricky from if you did go to college or whatever it is that you did and then moving back home again is first you're living at home and then you have all of this responsibility but also this newfound independence and then to feel as though you're going from this free space where college is its whole its own weird place um but an amazing place but then moving back home after having that freedom and maybe feeling as though which I don't really feel as much but I know a lot of people struggle with like okay well now my mom's asking me what time I'm getting home again and Mm. you know all that stuff you kind of had all this freedom and then now it's like you have to you're like a kid again yeah and it's and it's probably very much out of care like you want to know where your kids are and of course when and when they're not in your point when you're they're not in your face like in your home Mm -hmm. I think it's easier to probably as a parent disc I mean I don't know I'm not a parent but like to disconnect of like where's my kid where's my kid and trust and you know that all this stuff is okay but when they're closer to you you know you they're in your mind on your mind a little bit more so Mm -hmm. I can definitely see how that's a struggle 
Um, also from, you know, having all of your best friends around and then suddenly going back home where you may or may not have friends that bring you Mm. a lot of fulfillment. I think that is, that's a really great point because I think I've heard a lot of people Mm -hmm. bring that up of like when you're, again, we went to university, we were very privileged to have that. But in our situation, when you're, when you're surrounded by friends, all the time and then all of a sudden you're taken out of that situation you have to kind of learn how to be alone a lot more even if like you have friends that live close by it's just different when you're not not the same living together or living a five minute walk away you know Mm -hmm. it's just different and I think I've uh, I've heard a lot of people struggle with that yeah I remember honestly for me when I first moved back home it was a weird barrier to be like oh man like all my friends aren't not just in my house or not down the block or or wherever it was they're not at my fingertips anymore Mm -hmm. and that's to say I'm very fortunate to have a lot of home friends quote-unquote that are incredible and fulfilling and I know will be lifelong friends but at first before we all got back adjusted into like oh these are my people again Mm -hmm. not that you never were but like these are my go-to people again um it's challenging and I think people a lot of people post-grad right now especially that I communicate with are like yeah it's definitely an adjustment Mm -hmm. because you're surrounded by these people all the time and then your schedule is different your living situation is different and the hard part to sort of accept is although your college friends may very well always play a big role in your life if they live far away it's a little bit it's like a long distance relationship Mm -hmm. you know so you have to be much more intentional about that communication I know for some of my friends from school we do like a once a week check-in kind of like a pride and pickle type thing so that we can just just stay in in touch you know because because we matter to each other and because it's very easy to go throughout your life not forgetting about people of course they'll always matter but just like so much happens and if they're not in your immediate in your home life mm-hmm. it's hard to it's easy to lose track of that yeah so um there's that and I think it would be really cool to hear your perspective a little bit on just cohabitation and how living with your partner specifically has impacted your life especially going from maybe home and then a university setting and then yeah definitely yeah and I think it was so interesting when Lois who you guys will hear on Friday was bringing up things about cohabitation agreements and stuff like that that people that couples can do when they move in together I've never even heard of that oh me either no clue so it it was so enlightening and I think you guys are gonna get a lot out of that and just learning about it even if it's not right for you or if you're not living with a partner was so interesting but so Chris and I moved in so I went to college in the city and I stayed in the city for the year after and so that was that was not really a hard transition because it was the same like living living going to college in the city like we were all in apartments and like blah blah so like the year after living situation wise like I lived with my friend and it wasn't it didn't really change anything because everyone was still right there like and no one moved because like if you're in New York City you're gonna stay in New York City right usually so like no one a couple friends moved but like not really everyone was still there nothing really changed when it came to proximity of friends but then after that year year Chris and I had kind of talked about it but I was like no maybe I'll stay in the city for another year we weren't really sure but then it turned out like my friend who I was living with she needed to change her situation and it kind of just like it kind of just worked out that way that we were going to move in together Mm -hmm. I I would say like we could have planned it a little more we kind of like talked about it and then all of a sudden we're like okay we're moving in together yeah which was like a little crazy to me and my parents and everybody else was like (laughs) whoa because we were also kind of the first of our really good friends yeah to move in together and especially because like friends of 
ours had been together much longer like you and Chris and aren't living together yet so it was definitely like interesting to see how everybody else around us felt about it even though it was fine with us yeah but again it goes back to like that thing of how feeling judgment from people around you but I'll say we've been living together for we've been living together for a year and a half and it's amazing I love it's I love coming home to him I love that the amount of time we get to spend together but it's also hard and like just like living with any other roommate you know not everybody is on the exact same page all of the time Mm. and when I had heard people say like the first year you live with someone is the hardest like they say that that's a thing I've heard before is I was like I didn't believe it I was like what do you Mm -hmm. mean like why would that be hard you're living with the person you love that's your best friend and he is he's my best friend but and I totally didn't believe it I was like what would be hard about it like we get along we're we're really similar in a lot of ways like we'll both pitch in we're on the same page what would be hard and I was like oh shit (laughs) it is it is hard and I don't really know exactly how to articulate what is difficult about it but I think just going from even if you're seeing someone every day just it's it's harder to have hmm I don't really know. I don't know how to articulate what's difficult about it other than that I guess things come things come up and you have to deal with them right away. Yeah. And I guess that can be a challenge, but it's also wonderful. Of course. But it I it's funny that I didn't believe it and then like you're in it and you're like, "Oh." Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's and I think hard. You've also something that you mentioned to me relationship-wise in the past is that you would think immediately, "Oh, now I live with this person, we're always going to be together." Mm-hmm. But that because you're always like in living together, that doesn't mean you see each other every day. You're our schedules are opposite oh yeah there's some weeks that I don't see Chris until yeah. the weekend and like I see his physical body asleep. but <laughs> right asleep in bed but he a lot of times he wakes up earlier than I do and leaves mm-hmm. for work and a lot of times I come home from work and he's sleeping so like there are weeks that we literally don't see each other and I think that that is part of the challenge because like when things need to get done around the house like we're not there to do it together or, or you don't want to disturb each other yeah while you're sleeping. and I think the difference with like roommates is like you kind of really have your own separate space and you do your own separate chores but when you are a couple like you're sharing a bedroom in our case and I would mm-hmm. assume most cases when you're living together with a a significant other like you share a bedroom so that's a shared space so that's like a huge thing to you share ha- your bedroom oh yeah so like you have to do the chores or whatever it is of that together or one person is picking up the load and like or one person is picking up like the brunt the the brunt of the load of mm-hmm. the chores or you know and it's like that balance of who's busier this week or who's busier the next week and yeah I think that becomes a challenge sometimes but I think what's really interesting about cohabitating with a partner is is really like this who around you is cohabitating and who's not because I think that that was such it was when it came into that was such a thing that came into play for us being the first kind of of our friends and then now so many of our friends live together and it's just interesting the the feedback at first that we got of like oh you're living in together like when now it's like a little more normal right when now like I would say half of our friends are living together now and it's just interesting and to see everybody go on that journey of it and like checking in with people and being like oh how is it like and then at first people were really excited and then a little later people were like oh it's so hard like (laughs) he doesn't do this or he doesn't do that and most of the times it comes back to chores yeah and I'm sure it does because that those are like the little in-between things that kind of keep your household going and you're like I kind of understand where my mom was coming from yeah (laughs) and what you were saying about that you think you're gonna have all this time together now Mm -hmm. actually it sometimes it's harder because you're on separate schedules and sometimes you you don't carve out the time to spend together like you would when you don't live together yeah and that was definitely a learning curve for us of like oh we have to still make 
plans together. Yeah. Even though we live together, we still have to make plans together because when I see you for 20 minutes at home, that's not that's not quality that's time. That's not quality time. That's yeah. not having a date. That's not hanging out. Mm-hmm. That's seeing you for 20 minutes at home and talking about the laundry like or, you know, or just saying how was your day yeah. when when you really do have to carve out that time as if you were living apart to say, okay, on Friday, like we're going to go to this place or on Saturday, we're going to do this thing. And like, I think that was definitely a learning curve. I think that's huge. I remember when you mentioned that to me, it almost, it was like almost mind blowing to me mm-hmm. because you assume not only do you not think about those challenges, but you're like, oh my gosh, like it's almost a new honeymoon phase You're like oh my gosh now we're gonna oh, live together first, definitely yeah and, and I'm sure it is and then when you shared with I had this expectation myself in the same way that you did that oh well now they're gonna have all this time together blah 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 blah. but it's like no we have to be extra intentional about or, or at least continuously be intentional about when we're gonna see each other because Absolutely. it's it's a different type of there's one thing about having a conversation about hey are you gonna do the dishes tonight and another thing about hey let's really connect let's still go on a date and continue to cultivate our relationship so I think a lot of people will benefit from hearing that especially now that I don't know maybe people are thinking about whether not necessarily tomorrow but sometime soon cohabitating with someone and I think it's it's an important thing to know to continue to cultivate a relationship absolutely and people had told me that but it's you know it it's always different when you hear things and then mm-hmm. when you're actually experiencing in and experiencing something Definitely. but do you ever feel any judgment around not living with Chris since you've been together for so long some I mean I don't think any anything like rude to an extent I feel like people are like oh well he's a police officer oh well you know you have a job like all this stuff and I think stuff like that almost but also the the amount of time we've been together a lot of people really harp on that and oh as almost they would expect us to be living together right now and I think we both justify it really beautifully that we it's not that we don't want to and I think that that might be something that people start to say is oh like that's kind of weird that they're not living together it's been so long but it's not that we don't want to it's just that it's not tangible right now and that we both have he's so wonderful at saving I have a lot of different loans and stuff like that that I have to pay off so I think we're just he's very logical very realistic and I definitely do feel that slight judgment sometimes but I think at the end of the day that's one of the things that I start to say to myself like okay I I mean I have to be realistic Mm -hmm. about this and at the end of the day it doesn't define whether we love each other more or less than others around us but it's just not our time and that hopefully because we are waiting and taking that time that it'll be like so much more worthwhile when it does happen Mm -hmm. and luckily he does live pretty close and he is like so I have to give him so much props for when he does have time off he really really prioritizes seeing me on his days off so I'm very lucky that I do get to see him at least once or twice a week yeah and I think that uh, cohabitating with a partner sometimes you could take advantage of that about like the time seeing each other because you're like oh well like I see you all week and like you could take advantage of that uh, and not carve out the time that you really do need to carve out for that quality time because it's like oh well I saw you all week yeah and I think also in any long-term relationship to people it's easy to get comfortable and not Mm -hmm. carve out we we talk about all the time like oh what should I do what should I do and I think stuff like that intentional date nights Mm -hmm. and people who are married and all that is is so important to keep things flowing and take you out of your extreme comfort yeah place of comfort but wherever you're living it's all good like if you're living at home if you're living with friends if you're living with a partner if you're living by yourself it's all good and like everyone's everyone's gonna figure it out yeah and everyone's everyone's trajectory is different no matter 
how long you've been with someone, haven't been with someone, what you hope to do in the future. And every situation comes with their own challenges. For sure. And I'm sure that hopefully whatever you're doing now is because it is most productive for you and Mm -hmm. makes most sense to you in your life in this season. Right. Um, And and not letting judgment from others dictate your direction because I think that's actually huge as well is that that expectation of oh well you shouldn't live with your parents after college or you should be living with your partner or you're too young to live with your partner and then you get even more in debt and then you kind of struggle down the line like the thing is I believe that the first time me and Chris move in together will be an actual house because of how like long we're waiting and and whatever and how wonderful and that's your trajectory right and 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 for others absolutely whatever trajectory you whatever path you want to take or whatever but I I think it's it like it makes me sad almost to think that so many people out of the fear of judgment and all that stuff and sometimes it might just be all that's available to them so no judgment from us um but as a fear of that maybe go a little bit more in debt as a result of not wanting to seem as though they didn't succeed right Right. in that in that area and of course we all have different values and for some people living on your own and having that privacy maybe you didn't have maybe your your home where your family lives isn't conducive for mm-hmm. your, your lifestyle and that's okay too yeah. but also even sometimes the judgment on yourself because yeah. I think I did that too like at first I after we were so excited to move in together and then I did kind of judge myself like am I too young to be living with mm-hmm. my partner and that was just me judging me but it was right for us yeah. you know so it's taking like don't let the judgment of others or judgment from yourself dictate what's really best for you in the long run for sure should we answer a question let's answer a question okay so um our question is what happens if your friends don't like your significant other Ooh, (laughs) big one big one big one big one okay so i guess one thing to point out is that do you have any friends whose partners you don't like that i don't like yeah um I don't know if it's that I fully don't like them. I think it's that I don't like certain actions. I think at the end of the day, you're always going to side with your girl, right? Always. You're always going to side with you your girl no matter what. With your girl. So like so. no matter how amazing or not amazing a human being is to your girl, you want the best for her. So if you hear something, you're likely going to be honest about it. And yeah, so I, I think that's a, a thing to point out about that is that we don't always know, listener, we will never know the, the ins and outs of your relationship. No matter how much, no matter how much you tell your best friend, how amazing your person is, this, this, and that, at the end of the day, only you know the ins and outs of your relationship. And don't get me wrong, it is hard. It's, it is painful to have someone in your life that you care about not like the person that you love and probably, if you're writing this, maybe could see a future with them. But, um, and, th- and that's hard, but at the end of the day, the thing that you have to come down to is, are you happy? How do you feel about this person? Is there some truth to the feedback you're getting to p- from people in your life? If you really take a step back, take off the rose-colored glasses, if you're realistic with yourself, are you happy in your relationship? Is there somewhere where you see something's falling short? Is there some truth in what someone else is saying? Or, or not. <laughs> and if it's, and if it's not, then maybe just finding some ways if someone feels like they're kind of butting into your your privacy a lot, then just being like, hey, I understand that you may not really like this person, but this is the person that I love and I would really appreciate if you would respect that. I wholeheartedly agree. And yeah, and to just say, if there is someone that you feel close to and you value and they're not, they're giving you feedback that indicates to you that they don't like your person, I, I, I mean, saying, hey, I hear you, 
but this is the choice that I'm making and I would really appreciate it if you could just support me in this. And and if you can't, that's that's okay, but but I, this is what I'm choosing and I don't want to hear, you know, I don't I don't need that feedback anymore. Yeah. But I and so I agree. Like no one knows what's going on behind closed doors, good or bad. People don't know, only you know. So and someone can see, you know, if someone's shy or someone's blah blah, like people might have a perspective on that. That's like, oh well, like but he's not, you know, he's not flirting with you or he's not like funny or like he's not making an effort with us or you know, and I think that comes across a lot sometimes. But just because someone's shy in public doesn't mean that you don't have a beautiful, genuine connection connection and you don't feel loved and supported in every way you need Mm -hmm. so on one hand totally yes I agree with everything Brenda said but I just do want to be aware of if multiple people in your life are telling you that something is a danger to you to really try to take a step back and listen absolutely and then really making the really making the judgment call of am I in a situation that is toxic or do people just not understand this person the way I understand this person yes and or do people not connect with this person the way I connect with this person and really answering that question for yourself and then if the answer is oh this they just don't they're just not they don't connect with the way, them the way I connect with because not everyone's going to get along with everyone yeah. just saying I hear you but this is this is the choice I'm making and I just would love your support in this yeah and I think it's a it's a great point that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and neither may your your partner but at the end of the day hopefully people in your life are honest with you right and and maybe it's coming from a place of truth but a lot of times when you are in any relationship we like to see the good in people so if it's important to take a step back and maybe hopefully there's some person in your life besides your significant other that you can confide in and and someone that you feel comfortable opening up the conversation maybe about hey do you mind elaborating on that a little bit like mm. what is it that makes you feel that yes absolutely. right and then maybe either you can We're give really them having clarity. a conversation with uh yeah yes. or they can give you clarity yes. because it might either be like oh honestly I, I didn't really know that about him I'm, I'm really glad you're happy or mm. it can be you know what I didn't realize that about my partner this is something I have to address or totally. something I have to end right. and we really hope to have a guest in the future we know unfortunately but some some people in our lives have been in toxic relationships mm-hmm. and have very luckily over time left them and we I think it would be a great episode for you guys Absolutely. to get some more we feedback. definitely will and that I, I think right now there's so much pressure to be in love and to find love and to have this perfect relationship that you know you, you can often kind of want to see the good in the relationship out of fear of being alone and that's a huge fear I hear you but at the end of the day if that is your situation I want you to know that that often you might be better off being alone than being in a relationship that is straining you know or toxic to you I also think as friends it is if we if there if we see some red flags I think it's important to express them yes in in a in that comes from a place of love and care not a, a place of attacking but then if that person is like, I hear you, but this is the choice I'm making anyway, I think it is important to say, okay, we support you. We're not judging you. We just are providing to you what we see, but we're here for you and we love you and we support your choices because I have heard many stories in which friends have expressed concern and the person doesn't want to hear it, even if they should, and the friend's keep doing it and then that person alienates themselves and then when there really is a problem they no longer have anyone to turn to and that's that's when things can get really dangerous so airing what you need to air in a place that comes from love and then 
just saying, okay, I understand that maybe you disagree, but I'm here for you and I'm supporting you and I'm not judging you. And if you ever need to come to me, I'm here. I love that because I think when when anybody feels judged, they shut down and they don't want to come to you. And even if you don't agree with their choices, by making someone feel as though they have a safe space with you and I I knock on wood, I hope things don't get bad in whatever relationship. But if they do that, they know, okay, I can come to this person and that no matter what, they know that I won't judge that situation or else you're right it does become more tricky and they become even more alone and that's what you're trying to avoid totally but listener good luck and I I think that doing what Brenda said would be a great thing of like having sitting down with your friends and having a conversation and being like hey I had noticed maybe that there's some things about my partner that you don't like and I would really love to hear what you have to say and I would really love to share some things about my partner with you that that make me really love him and or her or whoever and I think having that open conversation and really sharing those things might open up their eyes might open up your eyes and it might just it might just call for a lot of mending that bridge that gap definitely and in an environment where you're most comfortable it doesn't have to be with you know your entire friend group maybe there's just one person totally that, that you can really confide in but yeah best of luck please feel free to send us a follow-up we would yeah, love to know which direction know. this this question went into but for anybody else that has any questions please please reach out to us you can contact us either via dm on our website under our submit a question form you can email us at roaring 20s podcast at gmail.com um, we would love to hear from you guys these questions have been so much fun it's so fun and i'm so so excited for you guys to hear this episode on Friday it's so juicy ew I don't like that word (laughs) I take it back it's so good uh Lois is incredible she's gonna tell us so much about how she got to where she is today in her career which is super inspiring and let us in on a lot of a lot of insight about a lot of different things that we really didn't know anything about so it's super super interesting we can't wait for you guys to hear and please 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 if you haven't subscribe so that you know when there's new episodes coming out so you don't miss yes. anything good. Make sure you're subscribed so that it pops up right in your little podcast hub wherever you get your podcast. And please share with anyone that you think would love to be a part of this little little community little community please please and then on our on our instagram we try and be super super active about what topics we have what guests we have so the more that you follow us on there and get notifications as to when we post the more you'll be in the loop in our little community absolutely and if there's anything that you guys would like us to talk about or get a guest on about let us know dm us yes email us we want to talk to you guys about what you want to talk about so let us know yes Thank you guys so much for listening. We had so much fun. So much fun. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Roaring 20s Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring 20s Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.